ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber, and joining me is my awesome co-host is the intellectual rock star himself, Delicious Dwayne Davis. Hey, everybody. And as you can tell, if you're watching on YouTube, I have a new background, sort of. <laughs> now, what I did was I just redid my office, and so you see my collection of Rubik's Cubes and and other kind of puzzle, twisty mechanical puzzles that are like that, like the Pyraminks and the Missing Link and, and some other kind of puzzles. They're all sitting there right behind me. Mm-hmm. Yep, so uh, there's about 300 of them there total. Wow. So... <laughs> uh, so uh, and if you can see, I also have both the belts there. I have, and I'm going. There's still kind of a work in progress, but, um, but today we're we are going to have to have kind of a sad episode. But at the same time, uh, we're going to have to actually so you know what they call a celebration of somebody's life. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, you had texted me earlier today and and gave us the news or gave me the news that uh, the Iron Sheik passed away this morning. Yep. And... Yeah, I got a uh, notification from WrestleZone on Twitter, and they had the headline up that he had passed today. And right at the time, I, I saw your text, and I saw I had been tagged in a Facebook post uh, from mm-hmm. Kyle. Yeah, same thing same here. <laughs> you know, so, um, and I saw you had actually given it a like. Mm-hmm. You are not really a like, but a you know, a yeah, emotion, whatever they they call it now. But yeah, um, and you know, so I'm like, well. If Kyle and Dwayne and both are telling me, then I know this is not just a a bad rumor. And then it started going everywhere yeah. in WWE, and I've actually retweeted it now. Yeah, I I wouldn't have believed it initially if it wasn't for that if it wasn't for the fact that it came from WrestleZone because they're pretty reputable. So, uh, so I always with the, if it if it comes from WrestleZone or what Culture Wrestling or Cultaholic things like that, then I believe. I believe it to be true because they always do their research first before they put anything out. So, and when I'm sitting there reading, I mean, I knew he was a pretty interesting person outside the ring uh, because if you followed his Twitter, you already knew that. Oh yeah, <laughs> his Twitter was fantastic. I am definitely going to miss his Twitter account because I followed it and it was fantastic. And <laughs> his his love for Hulk Hogan, we'll say, is yeah, was the best part of Twitter. It was yeah, like his love. His, <laughs> yeah. 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 If you see on see me on video, you see the air quotes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Actually he despised Hulk Hogan and, and had no not problem a... telling people why. So <laughs> <laughs> we can't repeat the things that he was saying about Hulk Hogan on the show. Nope. Uh well, there was one my, I actually showed my daughter um because somewhere somebody has actually has a screenshot of about eight of the uh, the Sheik's best tweets, and mm-hmm. and one of them says, "Happy Thanksgiving to everybody except Hulk Hogan." Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yep, um, and he just for well, we can get into that as the show goes on about why he developed this absolute legitimate hatred for oh, yeah. Terry, Terry Balea, also known as Hulk Hogan, because it wasn't always like that. So, no, no, it wasn't. But um, but I also want to give, before we get started on that, I want to give 
your latest podcast episode, The Intellectual Rockstar. Just want to give that one a shout out. I literally li- listened you. to it about uh, 20, 30 minutes ago. You know, I, well, I finished listening to it. I was able to. Right. Yeah, but you you logged on and I was still listening. <laughs> yeah, you were still listening to it, yeah. <laughs> um, You're like, hold I, on, I'm almost done. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and uh, because this has been a, a, you know, when I saw it, because um, you dropped it actually yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, because um, things have been pretty hectic with, you know, we started the food truck and we've been right. busy with that and just, you know, life gets busy. So yeah. I had to take, you know, ended up taking a little hiatus. It wasn't planned, but it just kind of happened. But yeah, I wanted to try to get back on schedule. Um, so I didn't get to record Monday. So yesterday I uh, dropped one that morning. Yeah. Okay. Cause I remember seeing it coming in, but I didn't listen to like any podcast yesterday. Um, cause I've been busy studying for my life insurance license, which I will finally be going and taking that test, uh, tomorrow afternoon. Awesome. You know, Good luck. So, so any, you know, any kind of thoughts, prayers, positive vibes, anything you could throw my way, please do. Um, because I've already paid for the test and so <laughs> now we'll get reimbursed <laughs> once I pass, but yeah. Um, but that's, you know, for the, the side thing I've I've had going now for a year that I wasn't able to really get going because of all the hours I was devoting to my actual um, job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because, and you know, I was doing so many hours that there were some times we couldn't even record this podcast or my other podcast, the cubicle chat. Yeah. Yep. You know, so uh, finally able to knock that out, you know, been, you know, cause you, you take practice exams and I was, um, there's seven chapters that that you actually test on and i got to where i actually knocked past all of them with hundreds because i wanted to get to that awesome. point you yeah know, so is that because you know when you're taking a test nerves will kick in no matter how good oh yeah absolutely you are so um and so you just want to kind of account for that but i'll be doing that tomorrow and so uh did took care of all that today registering and and finally i was like all right let me go listen to the podcast and i was like what do you what do you need now you know that um, you know, for my son and my daughter and yeah, you know, just trying to take care of those things. And then my dad's calling and I set up another, um, interview. My dad was letting me, uh, he, he gave me a name to talk to a guy about a potential job that I could do remotely. Mm-hmm. And so I was taking care of that. And I was like, all right, it's so it's a rock star. It's like, what now? So <laughs> you know, what do you mean? We got to eat up. Yeah. It's whatever. Like, what's, what's that? <laughs> yeah. Why do we got to do that? Yeah, so, uh, you know, finally, I was like, all right, let me sit down, and I looked at the time, and it was like 8 o'clock, <laughs> so I was like, all right, <laughs> put it on there, skip through the ads real quick, make sure I caught yours at the very beginning, and then I learned that Poison Ivy will flat out kill you if she kisses you. Oh, yeah, yep, toxic kiss. So, if that ain't, like, one of the best finishing moves, I <laughs> Yeah. You know, so, if you're dating a woman... And, you know, she says her last name is Ivy. Now, that's a real last name. I actually know some people with the last name Ivy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. You know, I so, uh, but if she says her, and she's legitimate saying her first name is Poison, don't let yeah, her kiss you. it's like you. run. It's like yeah. run. You better go. Yeah. And, and, you know, she said, oh, you got a boo-boo on your hand. Let me kiss that. You know, your hand will nah. fall off. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> just get out of there. Because, yeah. and, and, of course, when I saw Poison Ivy, you know, as the title, I was definitely assuming it was not the song by Faster Pussycat. Remember that, remember that song? Oh, uh, yeah. 
yeah. which is a good, which is an excellent song, by the way. Yeah. But. You know, so in fact, I think Faster Pussycat, I think they were actually on this shirt that I'm wearing somewhere. Um, I, I for those of you who are audio only, I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt with a whole bunch of band names on it, and a lot of them are hair bands. Of course, some of them are classic rock bands. Yeah, I see Europe. Yep, Europe's on there. Um, Scorpions, Pearl Jam, like so. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of a mix. Yeah. I would, I would never consider the Scorpions to be a hair band. Um, I don't care if they nah. are played on Hair Nation. No. Nah. So, uh, but yeah, definitely go check out William Show, the intellectual rock star. He's back at it, telling you all about Batman's villains, the people that are trying to kill Batman. Yeah. Once I finish that series, which there's still quite a few uh, villains to go through. Uh, but once I finish that, I have some other ideas, like which I'm gonna stir the pot some, and ha- because there's one where I'm gonna discuss why I think the Razor Crest is a superior Star Wars vehicle to the Millennium Ooh. Falcon. Ooh, yeah, yeah, you're trying to start some stuff, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like our friend James. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like James, what do you think? What can I do to just make everybody mad at me? It's like, hey, I gotta get people talking. Yeah. <laughs> what can everybody's talking about me? You know. Yeah. So, oh wow, the other Razor Quest, and I was hoping you'd go to like Spider Man villains. You know, I, I could still do that. At some point, I mean, if, you, if you go from Batman yes. to Spider Man villains, though, that's kind of like too close to each other. I think. Yeah, I'm trying to get a little gap in between. Discuss maybe some Star Wars stuff and maybe even Star Trek: The Next Generation because that's the only Star Trek that I like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the shows you'll have to have me not Star Trek when I don't know you know diddly about any of the Star Trek yeah. stuff. Um, but but yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, I'll definitely be on yeah. there. You yeah, know, so definitely got to have you on. Yeah, we got to do oh, that yeah. soon. Yep, yep. So, uh, and by the way, another reason I had to have this back here because I'm trying to out nerd Dwaylin, apparently. <laughs> you know, so having, you know, 300 Rubik's Cubes and mechanical, other mechanical twisty puzzles, you know, uh, definitely Great. got some nerd. Can't say mine, but I've got, I don't know, maybe 100 Funko Pops, different designs and stuff. And oh, that'd be my son's room superhero statues and thor's hammer and look i got i got the ultimate warrior i got chewbacca i got you know the mandalorian i don't know if you can really see those but yeah far back but okay um but anyway so and if you if you look at above my head you may see there's some star wars yeah they're cute Uh, yeah i see them a couple of darth mauls and then like the little bitty ones which came from canada yeah, mm-hmm. speaking of Canada, you know that's country Canada. BC Hunter. That's BC Hunter. That's right. BC Hunter and Jay Myers. You know, hopefully Jay. You know, hopefully you're doing all right, my friend. Hopefully you'll be able to come back soon. But BC, he has been manning that by himself for a little bit, doing a great job wrestling with the truth or wrestling with the war. And plus, his YouTube channels, he's doing a fantastic job. But I have to ask him, BC, if you're listening to this, let me know if you know all about these these particular Rubik's cubes that are kind of above my head. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, because of Apparently, when they were out in Canada, they actually came in cereal boxes. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. You know, so, and I'll have to do a show on the cubicle chat all about the cubes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who else gives me good feedback? Same person gives you good feedback. And that'd be Ted. Ted. Ted <laughs> yep. Hill, Billy Hill. Go check out 
uh, the Hill Truth, and he because he definitely drops some wisdom. He's he is all about the heels, but that doesn't mean he's a bad guy. He's actually probably exactly. one of, yeah, he's he probably one of the the goodest good guys, the best good guys that you'd ever meet. Talking about bad guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. And speaking of, and I still need to reach out. And I said I was going to do this yesterday. I'll do it while we're talking right now. Um, the Finish Your Wrestling Podcast. They are absolutely doing great. We're trying to arrange something so they can actually come on our show and we can come on theirs. And so while we're talking, I am actually going to uh, send a message to him because if I don't do it now, I would totally forget. Um, see what time are what time is good for you on the day that we are talking about. All right, cool. Now see if he answers while we're while we're doing this. So right, <laughs> and let's see. Is there anybody else I'm missing shouting out? I'm definitely going to shout out Kyle because he's been sending me some pretty good suggestions for the cubicle chat. Mm-hmm. And and actually, um, Kyle had sent me an email, and I had uh, we had I don't remember what I was going on because I meant to read them um on the air, but he actually had a question, and part of that. Um. Uh, where is it at? Where is it at? Because um, it keeps getting replaced by other um emails, unfortunately, and so it fell down to the bottom. And there it is. Uh, it was actually one that I forwarded to you as well. Okay, and he sent this, and I apologize once again, Kyle. He sent this almost two months ago now. But I do think these are still valid questions. He said two questions on this glorious Tuesday evening when he sent the show. Outside of Ray Ripley, does the Judgment Day win matches? They lost last night. I don't recall when Finn Balor won a match last. And Dom is healing up, but even if he wins to be anything, can you book him out of being the new job squad? It's like, you know what? He has kind of a point. He has kind of a point. I mean, Damian Priest had a world heavyweight title match on Raw. This past Monday, of course, he lost because they're not going to take it off Seth. And then Finn and Seth had a, had a, you know, they were staring at each other as the show went off the air. So I think that's going to be Seth's next title feud is with Seth. Uh, uh, from what I've read, the uh, management is very high on Damian Priest and, and are wanting him to be a main event guy which I don't have any problem with it. Oh, yeah, I, I could back that up easily. I mean, he's pretty good on – He's I mean, he's decent enough on the mic. Uh, he's good in the ring, got a good look, good presentation, you know, carries himself like a star, you know, mm-hmm. looks like one. I mean, especially after he carried Bad Bunny to that excellent street fight at yes. Backlash, you know, he really got in management's good graces then. Because they then they knew he could be like a ring general if you know type thing. So I wish they would just go ahead and say Rhea's the leader of the group because she is by far oh, the yeah. star of that group. <laughs> yes. Even before she was a champion, she was still by far the most important member of that group. That group would not be as effective as a heel stable without Rhea. And 
I, you know what? And they're I, already I, building up. They're already building some tension between Priest and Balor because mm-hmm. of when they were going back and forth with Seth. You know, he was when Priest said, "You know, I don't need Rhea. I don't need Dom. I don't need Finn to help me beat you." And Finn's looking at him like, "You know, you can't win without me." So it's like they're kind of sowing the seeds, but it's like the only person I see that suffers if they end up breaking up the judgment day is Finn Balor. Finn Balor will get lost in the shuffle because that's what they do with Finn whenever he's not an NXT. If he's on the main roster, he ends up getting lost in the shuffle in the mid card uh, because Vince doesn't view him as a main event guy because he's too small. Um, but Priest will be end up being a main eventer. Uh, Rhea's just scratching the surface of what she can do. Dom is fantastic in the sniveling heel role. So, but his to answer his question, yeah, pretty much. Besides Rhea, yeah, they are. Besides Rhea and Dom to an extent, because Rhea helps Don. Because win. yeah, Dom, yeah. So. But Priest and Finn, yeah, they're kind of at job squad status right now. They're kind of like jobbers to the stars. They, I mean, they'll give you a great match. They'll make they'll make whoever they're in the ring with look excellent, but they're not going to win it. And sadly, it sounds like they're jobbers to the main event stars. Yes. Yeah, which not is, the which mid is a, stars. That's a weird it's position a bit, to be in. It's a weird position to be in. It's a little bit better than being jobber to the mid card, but uh, you're still jobbing nonetheless. You're you, when you're losing more than you're winning, it doesn't make you look good. And yes, I will always say wins and losses do matter yes. to a certain extent because yeah, I the, mean, yeah, because it's like if if wins and losses don't matter, then it's like they're going to do what they did with gender Mahal. Nothing against mm-hmm. gender. I actually personally, besides the stupid stuff they were giving him to say on the mic. Yes. I actually didn't. I actually didn't mind gender Mahal as WWE champion. He looked the part. He Great carried look. himself like a yep. champion. You know, he conducted himself, you know, like a champion. It's not his fault. He was given crap creative to work with. He did the best he could with what he was given. The problem is nobody accepted him as champion because he was a job guy. And then all of a sudden he gets shot to the main event and wins the title because they're trying to get, you know, they're trying to get a foothold in India. Yep. You know, if they'd have built him up over months and months to be the next challenger, then that's one thing, but he can't, be he can't be jobbing out on raw this month and then next the next month he's what he becomes the number one contender for the wwe title it's like yeah nah. yeah too much too soon yeah exactly so and yeah uh and the other question kyle had and or comment said hopefully you followed jordan grace and her work in impact incredible power lifter just won a bodybuilding show with allegedly a millionaire muscle mommy on her private website but now a free agent i think she'd be a perfect candidate to be a female rick rude character do you think uh he said most of the year recall the inbred ohio yokels a bunch of sweat hogs kyle's a michigan fan i don't know if you knew that or not <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah no. um 
could this work in today's soft climate and get over in WWE or AEW? Like, ooh. Um, that's, a, that's a very interesting question. Right now, no. I honestly, if she's not going to, you know, sure contracts up an impact, like he said, she's a free agent. Um, I think she'd be better suited for AEW with her style. I think she'd be better suited going to AEW or going to Japan. Um, I don't think WWE would use her to her because she's great. She's she's an excellent professional wrestler, but I don't think I think they'd use her more for her look than they would for her skill. Especially if they drop her on the main roster and not not put her through NXT first. Now, do you think she would do a a a character like a Rick Rude where he's telling everybody to shut up while he's showing his you know or while she's showing her muscles? No, she's she's played heel before, but it was more of a she's a big fan of Scott Steiner. That's where she got the the okay. thick mama pump thing was <laughs> a playoff, you know, big papa pump. She's a big fan of Scott Steiner. They even had like a six man tag and impact one time. It was Petey Williams, when he was doing the Canadian muscle gimmick where he was like a mini Scott Steiner, he had Petey Williams, Jordan Grace, and Scott Steiner. All of them came out with the chain mail headgear on and everything. <laughs> so she, she, I think she would do more of like Scott Steiner if she was a heel. Okay. And not, maybe not fly off the handle like Scott Steiner, but more of that type of intensity than the, you know, perpetual cool Rick Rude. Rick Rude was all, I always loved Rick Rude. He was just, he was one of the coolest because it's like, other than Jake Roberts, nothing phased <laughs> nothing No, phased he didn't. Him. Yeah. Um, and they said Rick Rude was one of the people, the most legit tough guys. Oh, yeah. Really didn't want to yes. mess with him. Yeah. And they were like, if there was a problem in the locker room, especially guys, younger guys that didn't, want to listen they're like you can go talk to rick rude and they're like no nah, no that's okay <laughs> um his reputation definitely preceded it yeah and so and kyle had also sent me a text and he wanted me to um and i was going to get this in because we, we were doing interviews and so uh this was during this he sent this while we were in the middle of doing all the interviews mm-hmm. for uh the nwf for revolution rising and so i couldn't find the time to sneak it in there but he said mm-hmm. he wants me to let you know Batman wakes up early on Saturday to watch Saturday morning cartoons of Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There you go. <laughs> but I mean, he's got a point. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, um, but yeah, Kyle's always given us uh, good suggestions. Like I said, I apologize because he sent that email, you know, a couple months ago. And then he actually, he's like, hey, man, why do you want me to have, have people send you emails when you don't read them? And then I was like, oh, crap, that's right, because yeah. I need to actually kill off because of the TikTok channel that we have. It still sends emails, you know, oh, this one. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't care that. You know, yeah, I've got to I've got to cut that off, too, because I get a lot of TikTok yeah. emails and it's like I, I, I can just get on TikTok and see the stuff I want to see. So I don't need the email you know, suggestions. And... Right. And and one of the people that has said is sending me 
or it's made a new video is our friend big fat yeah yeah you know and i'm like i i know we made a video yeah you know, his birthday was a couple of days a couple of days ago he I, turned 50 i know he made a video i have the notification turned on on his tiktok yes. channel so that i it pops up when i get a notification when he drops a new video so yeah so it, it had pushed kyle's email like way down and so i yeah. had totally forgotten about it and then i was like oh and i felt like crud so uh but now trying to trying to make up for it and because he had two very good points he even asked me he said well do you think the points are still valid i'm like yeah absolutely you know because i think those are both two very valid questions mm -hmm. so, um but but we do have to go ahead and move on because i'm trying to think of anybody else we give shout outs to right now am i missing no i don't think so Right. So, and uh, I will say, I, I think I'll speak for Dwayne, and also we want to apologize for not having episodes out the past couple of days. We both uh, had stuff kind of hit last minute, mm -hmm. um, and can I, I'll laugh at yours because Dwayne's case, it was Cracker Barrel being really slow. Yeah, yeah, it was really <laughs> slow. Yeah, and so yeah. he didn't. Get, yeah, he didn't get home to like over an hour after we normally record, and by that point, it's <laughs> like yeah, yeah, time to go to bed. You know, so, mm -hmm. um, you know, but we're but we're back on tonight, and looks like um, we'll have. I'll, I'll send you a screenshot of the message I just got uh, from Finisher Wrestling, and you know, so you can see, um, so we can kind of set that up. So, uh, but in the meantime, like we were saying at the beginning of the show, and. It's very unfortunate news, but the man uh, born Hussein Khosro Ali Baziri. Um, I saw that, and I was going to let you pronounce that because I figured you'd do a better <laughs> job of it than me. So uh, this is what happens when you live with somebody who can speak Arabic and then work with people later on in life who can also exactly. speak Arabic. Exactly. Uh, and actually, in this case, it's not just Arabic, it's Persian Farsi, but as far as like the pronunciations, they're very, very close. Yeah. Um, yeah, also known as the Iron Sheik. Yep. He was born March 15th, 1942, uh, and just passed away today. And, you know, you, you want to talk about, I, like I said, I mean, he was, his outside the ring work or ring stuff his mm -hmm. was just as interesting as what he did in the ring because a lot of times yeah. you don't see that right you know so um but when you look at his background he was born in a very very poor family a working class family little money no running water mm. yeah which, I mean, I know that was more common back, you know, this would have been in the 40s and 50s, even, and it is in, you know, Iran. Um, but it's not like Iran was always like a poor country. In fact, Iran has right. really been known as a poor country, you know, but I mean, very working class. And um, now his passport said March 15th. He actually celebrated his birthday on September 9th. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a weird off. Like, yeah. Huh? Yeah, that's yeah, but, weird. Yeah. Yeah, but his family would alternate between the Gregorian calendar and the solar. Okay, I can't pronounce every word. Um, <laughs> solar Hijiri calendar, which I'll have to. 
Uh, just said the message failed to send to you, by the way. I may have to send it to you through Facebook Messenger. Okay. Um, let's see. The Solar Hajiri calendar is a solar calendar. One of the various Iranian calendars begins on the... Um, okay, it's it, okay. We'll just... Well, it's a different calendar <laughs> that they use in Iran. <laughs> so, but um, he idolized Iranian Olympic gold medal winning wrestler. Uh, what do you got to have me pronounce these? Because I cannot, and you have more experience. <laughs> you have more experience with pronouncing Arabic than I do. Golam so, Pakti. I actually have no experience speaking Arabic, and you, <laughs> between the two, you have all the experience. So, I just knew how to pronounce his first name of Hussein because of a <laughs> of a young man who I met. Um, he was a dental tech. He was actually in the Air Force. Oh, and okay. yep, and um. He, I, because I was, you know, he was working on my teeth, and I noticed, you know, he had kind of an accent. So I, I just asked him, oh, you know, hey, dude, you know, where are you from? He's like, ah, and this was in two thousand three. He said, ah, the most mm-hmm. dangerous place in the world right now, Iraq. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we got to talking. I love talking to people. You know that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially if I find out they're definitely from somewhere, you know, not from where I'm. I'm from, you know, somewhere around across the world. So. Uh, just talking with him, and he was actually telling me um, the name. Of course, we all say Hussein because you know we see it, that's the way it's uh, spelled. Mm-hmm. And he said it, it was actually pronounced Hussein. He said because there mm-hmm. is there is no equivalent to the sound, right? And that's where the H U came mm-hmm. from, you know. So I was like, oh, tell her something cool, <laughs> you know. But um, but yeah, he was waiting to this kid. He actually. Um, he was a dental tech. He was enlisted as a dental tech, waiting to get his citizenship because he was going to become an officer. That's what he, that's what his oh, okay. goal was. Gotcha. And yeah, I really because he um seemed like he was a pretty cool guy, pretty nice guy, smart. Um, because being a dental tech is not the easiest thing in the world. Mm-mm. Um, you know, so uh, now I'm kind of wondering. That, that was 20 years ago, and I'm trying to now I'm trying to remember, <laughs> <laughs> but um. But yeah, he he at one point was a bodyguard for the Shah of Iran. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he competed for a spot on Iran's Greco-Roman wrestling team for the 68 Summer Olympics in Mexico City or Ciudad de Mexico. There you go. We'll, we'll just keep switching <laughs> languages. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Although Mr. Faulkner would probably slap me for the way I just pronounced that. But, um, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, then he moved to the U.S., became the assistant coach of two... U.S. Olympic squads in the 70s, which will have to default to 72 and 76. So I don't know why they yeah. didn't say that because there, well, there was a late, you know, but yeah, it, it mentioned he was the assistant coach um, to the, the 72 Olympic Games in Munich. Okay, that's a poorly written article the way they did that. But anyway, so after, after all that, he was invited to become a professional wrestler by Vern Gagne. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Because yeah. Vergania also, um, we covered Vergania, what, about a year and a half ago. I think and, so. Sounds yeah, about right. It's in the archives. And if anybody, you know, you go look at our archives, you can actually see that. We have to discuss uh, Vergania and uh, 48 Olympic Games. He was an alternate for the freestyle wrestling team at the 1948 Olympic Games. So Vern Gagne, as soon as he saw Khosrow, that's what everybody called him was Khosrow. They didn't actually 
uh, he always went by, you know, his um, middle name. Mm-hmm. They always called him Kazra or heard a lot of people uh, just refer to him as Kaz. Right. You know, when they talk about, hey, you know, Kaz was there. Da, 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 da. Um, but it would make sense because Vern Gagne probably saw him and went, yes, because yeah. that's what Vern Gagne loved seeing was great amateur wrestlers. That he did yes. Because that's what he did. Yeah. And so he trained under Vern Gagne. He was there training alongside Ric Flair. And uh, and also, I did, it doesn't mention this, but at the same time, there was a Bob Remus who later on became Sergeant Slaughter. Mm-hmm. They trained together. And, of course, down the road, yeah. they had they had some of the nastiest. Things. Oh, yeah. Which was funny because they had this, you know, they had this bitter feud. And then when Slaughter was WWF champion, you know, the <laughs> Iron Sheik was in his corner. And it's like, yeah. okay. That's right, because he was Colonel Mustafa. Yep. Yep. Because there was General Adnan and Colonel Mustafa. And, you know, the wild thing about that, Adnan Al-Casey, he was another legitimate, because um, he came from Iraq. Mm-hmm. He came from Iraq. And the reason why he fled was because uh, Saddam Hussein was getting jealous of him. Mm-hmm. Like, for real. You know, and that, that's a true story. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, go check that out. Um, Adnan Al-Casey, he actually fled Iraq because of Saddam Hussein. Because Adnan Al-Casey was becoming very popular. He goes, he was, you know, a wrestler over there. Mm-hmm. And Saddam Hussein was like, no, no, no. I'm the only person here yeah so he was probably going to kill him just because of you know jealousy oh yeah yep and so dude left and i don't blame him you know so no neither yeah um and later on you know he was actually a face when he first started wrestling yeah yeah i saw that and it's funny like because you know most of his career he was a heel and it's funny to think that he was a face starting out you know, in the early days, but um, I think he really hit his stride more as a villain. Um, oh, yeah. I kind of, I kind of hate that it, they they use the old, you know, foreign villain trope. You know that they do. If you're not, you know, if you're not from America, you're automatically the bad guy. So, but well, back then, it, it, back then it was just kind of the with the Cold War and everything going on. Yeah, and and with him actually. They did it right as the revolution happened in Iran. Mm-hmm. And so that one, and he, he relished in it. He walked out, you know. Um, oh, yeah. he You could tell he loved playing the heel. You could yeah. tell. He, you know, um, he was involved in WrestleMania 1. You know, he him and Nikolai Volkov won the tag titles at WrestleMania 1. Um, you know, he, before that, of course, you know, he ended Bob Backlund's reign as, WWF champion. He was kind of the he was the stopgap to get he the was, belt off Backlund. He was the transitional champion. the transitional champion. But I mean he made the best of it and you know he you know he won the title and because he had Backlund in the clutch and the towel got thrown in and Backlund never gave up, but the towel got thrown in. So the Sheik was the champion. And then of course, you know, he lost it to Hogan and we know 
how that went, but and he is he is a Hall of Famer, which deservedly so. Mm-hmm. He's, a, uh, to yeah. my knowledge, he is the only Iranian WWF champion. Uh, yeah, I think that's an easy one to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And because we, there's not even been any, I mean, there was somebody who played a Russian, but he actually was not Russian. He was Canadian. Uh, yep. Ivan Koloff. Um, mm-hmm. Wasn't Stan Stasiak, wasn't he also Canadian? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. I think he was. Um but yeah, and when he started wearing the, the wrestling boots with the toe curled up. Yeah. Which I always thought that was some of the coolest looking boots. And I'm also thinking, yeah. man, you can kick somebody and just seriously oh, cut yeah. them. Um uh, Xavier Woods did a uh, a nod to that because he he had some boots. I think he still wears the, them. The toes he might. I haven't seen. You know, he hadn't been on TV in a while. So uh, I was there looking on the the fun- yeah, the, even the Funko Pop here with the trombone. <laughs> it's got the curled up boots. That's awesome. Yep. So uh, I don't know how those old those Funko Pops are, but um, yeah, as you can see, New Day's watching us are part of the, mm-hmm. the, yep. the wrestling you know, corner over here. Um, but you know, when was the first time you remember seeing or hearing? hearing of the Iron Sheik. When Hogan beat him for the title. Okay. Um, for me, because I know you actually started watching wrestling a few years before mm-hmm. I did. Uh, for me, it wasn't until I started reading the magazines. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had I had to go back because that's the first I'd heard of him. So I went back and read magazines and, you know, different things to find out more about him. But yeah, that's the first time I remember hearing about him was when hearing that he was WWF champion and Hogan beat him for the title. And, you know, I didn't, I was like, I don't know who this iron, iron sheet guy is, you know, but apparently he's a bad guy. And he, when I first heard of him, he was actually in the middle of the feud with Sergeant Slaughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, Slaughter was a bad guy first, and him and the Sheik, and they've done this a couple of times. You really don't see it much anymore just because the ring interests are a lot different. Yeah. You know, Slaughter's leaving, or she, one of them's leaving the ring as the other one's coming in. Mm-hmm. And they had the whole thing in the aisleway. They won't move out of the way for each other, so finally one of them slugs the other one. Yeah. Slaughter turns face. So, um, and, you know, so that was, when I first got and to me because like i said it was a sign of time or the 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 atmosphere at the time where they had that it was slaughter the marine going against yeah. the iranian villain who's saying he, yeah. he doesn't like america or marines yeah and you know so um so that was my first time i ever heard of him and then i'd heard of the camel clutch and i had seen pictures of other wrestlers mm-hmm. doing it in fact, Rick Rude is actually one of the ones I saw doing the camel clutch on, like, pictures of it. Yeah. But the way the Iron Sheik did it, and he was not the person who came up with it. That actually surprised me when I found that out. Um, it was Rory Guerrero was the first person to ever do Oh, really? Clutch. Yep. Okay. And he even named it the camel clutch. Hmm. But you would think that somebody who actually has a camel on their tights would have been would the Would have come up with it, yeah. Yeah. But just the way he did it... Um, not every wrestler did it like this. 
he first pulled their arms up over his legs, then he pulled them back, and so their arms and, I mean, wrapped. And he he pulled way back too, yeah. like. And, you know, so when I saw that, um, you know, for the uh, first time when I was able to actually go to somebody else's house and watch WWF mm-hmm. wrestling because they had a great big satellite dish and and I didn't even have cable, you know, right. so I was able to see that and I was like, oh, ow, you know, yeah. I was like, yeah, that would hurt. And, and then you find out that um, Hogan actually broke out of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but I was also, but I was also thinking, this is, you know, still a former WWF champion, so he must have been yeah. really good, you know. Yeah. So, uh, even in the days before I found out the nature of wrestling and and how it is, um, I was always thinking, if somebody was a former champion, this way it was back then. Now, like half the over half the roster is a former world champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for you know watering down the titles but yeah but when yeah it used to mean it used to mean something when somebody became a world champion because Mm -hmm. it was few and far between now it's like you know like you said it's like half the rosters former world champions and it's like yeah yeah and don't get me started on the other belts because then they have <laughs> more changes. Yeah. Uh, although I do like, uh, I don't know if you read that. Apparently, they are going to be giving Gunther, you know, the nod as far as beating Honky Tonk Man. I saw that, and I'm quite happy about that. Yep. Same here. Because Gunther, he just he looks like a champion. He carries himself like a champion. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I mean, well, granted, he looks like a gym teacher. You know, also, <laughs> but at the same time, he looks like somebody who is not to be trifled with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Honky Tonk Man didn't. He looked like a goof. I thought he always looked like a goof. Um, yeah, he was just good. There was nothing intimidating about the Honky Tonk Man. It was he was he was a joke. That's it. I mean, I just I if he hadn't have been such good friends with Hogan. He would have never got the Intercontinental title. He would have been bottom of the mid card at best. Mm-hmm. The only thing he's remembered for is the longest reign of inter- being Intercontinental champion. And he shouldn't have had that. No. So, uh, but maybe we can do a show about the Honky Tonk Man, you know, some other time. Yeah. You know, and especially after Gunther, you know, actually surpasses him. I will be mm-hmm. celebrating that day. Uh, I know everybody's talking about the a thousand day, thousand days of rains, which you mm-hmm. know we were talking about the his new belt uh, before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you like it. I think it's all right. <laughs> you know, just uh, they're going, they're going very. It's okay. Better. Yeah, it's. I think it'll grow on me like the new world heavyweight title did. I, I do didn't like, like the new world heavyweight title though. So I didn't like it at first, but it's growing on me. But the new belt. I'm fine with it because they kept the same design because I like the current design of the, the big, WWE big, championship. The big two W's in the, the same. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's not a bad, that in itself is not a bad design. Yeah. You know, um, but the problem is they have about five or six belts that all have that same thing. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah, the women's titles look like that. The the universal title look like that. Now the undisputed championship looks like that. Yeah, it's like I get I get your public traded company. I get branding. I understand that. But you could still have that branding on a different style of belt. I mean, your your men's mid card belts don't look like that. So why do, why do all your world championships do? Yeah. You know, and unless you actually know which color matches what. Yeah. And right yeah. now that's up in the air because a raw superstar is the SmackDown women's champion and a SmackDown star is the raw women's champion. So here's the thing. If you've already merged the WWE and universal titles and he, he now has a new belt as undisputed champion then just do it for the tag titles and the women's title. Yes. And then you can still have, you know, you can still have each show having a world champion, you know, and then, because here's the problem, the women's division, they've gutted it so much that the roster is not big enough to sustain two world championships. Nope. The men's mid card is, and that's not through any fault of the women. That is management gutting the women's division. But if they merged the titles and had one, then it wouldn't matter which brand because that's the problem with the brand split. But then you do, you know, they, they did the draft and it was, you know, a legit draft and they drafted people not thinking what if this champion gets drafted to a different brand and then and we got to get the belt off him and the belt off them and figure out all that and it's like if you had an undisputed women's champion and a undisputed tag champion then you wouldn't have that problem you wouldn't people wouldn't have to carry like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens wouldn't have to carry around two belts apiece because uh, they'd only be one belt for only be one each belt, of them yeah. would have for the tag titles and, and bring back the old eighties world tag team championships. Best looking tag titles. Uh, WWE's ever had. Yes. Yes. I, I, yeah. Best looking tag titles. The only tag titles for me, they're the best looking tag titles in wrestling. They're number two. But the old NWA world tag I, team I was titles. Say that, the NWA would that, have to be it. Yeah, that Tully yep. and Arn had with the blue strap. Mm-hmm. Those are the best looking tag titles ever. After that, it's the '80s WWF tag titles. Yep. Uh, because for some reason, every time I think about those belts, I always think about the Bulldogs when they had them. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think about the Bulldogs, Demolition, the Heart Foundation, just you know, Road Warriors, all these legendary teams, and that was the belt. That was the the symbol of greatness for tag for. WWS tag team, team division. So I wish they'd bring those back. But, um, and I'll, you know, we're talking about the tag teams. She can vote off. WrestleMania yeah. won. They WrestleMania won. They did it. Yep. They, they took the belts off of the American Express, which at that time yep. was Barry Wyndham and Mike Rotunda. Yep. And then Barry left and Dan Spivey became the other one. And they're like, yeah, it didn't work as good. Dan Spivey was an awesome wrestler. Don't get me wrong. Another, but that, Dan, that, Dan Spivey was always a good wrestler, but the problem was every time he got inserted into a team, 
it fell apart. Which didn't Generally, make sense, because but... he would leave. Ah, yeah. <laughs> that was a lot of the things. Like, he would, for one reason or another, he would leave. Like, Barry Windham left and was replaced by Dan Spivey. Then Dan Spivey left, and that team fell apart. Um, he was in the varsity club in mm -hmm. the NWA. He ended up leaving. Of course, that didn't mess up the group so much as it messed up him and Kevin Sullivan's United States tag title reign. Mm. But they still had Dr. Death and Mike Rotunda, so who were the world tag team champions at the time. So they were okay. He was half of the skyscrapers with uh, Mean Mark, who ended up being the Undertaker. He and Dan Spivey ends up leaving. And, of course, they get Sid in, which I felt Sid was a better replacement anyway. So, um, And don't forget, you know, Dan Spivey, even before all those, he was part of the American Starship with Scott Hall. Mm -hmm. Starship yep. Eagle and Starship Coyote. Yeah. And, and he was also Waylon Mercy, who was yep. the precursor to Bray Wyatt. Yep. Except for Waylon Mercy just didn't work as well. But No, here's the problem. The vignettes were good. I enjoyed yeah. the vignettes. But once he hit the ring, it was like, nah. Uh, from what I read, he, that, he was battling a lot of injuries, and so he wasn't yeah, able to he do had a, much. Yeah, that, and they just fed him enhancement talent. He never yeah. wrestled anybody. He never had a good program with a with a top star. He always wrestled enhancement talent. Then he got another injury and was gone. So, Oh, but yeah, um, yeah, the Sheik and, and Nikolai Volkov. He was mm -hmm. also not Russian. He was actually Croatian. <laughs> I just wanted to <laughs> throw that in there. Um, but they were the tag team champions. Did they was it just once, or did they hold it twice? I think just once. Okay. Um, because I remember watching them as a team, going, you know what, they're pretty tough. And mm -hmm. then, uh, of course, then I'm trying to remember who they remember who they lost them to. Um. Let me see. Wasn't the Bulldogs? Because the Bulldogs beat the Hart Foundation at WrestleMania two. That's going to drive me nuts now. Who did the Hart Foundation beat? Uh, that's the thing. I don't. I don't know because I know. I can't see them because they were heels at the time, so I can't see them. Um, um, I'm looking for right now. Uh, he was also in Cindy Lauper's video for Goonies Are Good Enough. Um, it doesn't. It, okay, it says they beat um, Barry, the U.S. Express, not the American Express. That's right, mm -hmm. because uh, they they were trying to call them American Express, but they got sued. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Credit card um, company like, no, I don't think so. Mm, it's like they were trying to say the incredible Hulk Hogan, and they also got sued. Um, yeah. Yeah, because Marvel wasn't having that, so. It doesn't say who they lost them to. I know, that's what I'm trying to. Yeah, you, you, whoever wrote this article, you suck. All right, let me just look up the. Uh, they lost them back to Rotunda and Wyndham. Oh, three months oh later. really? 
Oh. Yeah, they held him for three months, lost him to Rotunda and Wyndham. Wyndham and Rotunda lost him to the Hart Foundation. Hart Foundation lost him, lost him to the Bulldogs. Well, see, that was back when you could actually track those things yeah. you know, easily. Yes. Well, yeah, because the rains were at least, you know, three, four months, if not yeah. more. It's like when they hot shot it like every two weeks, it's hard to keep up. I mean, the only reason that anybody ever got hot shotted back then, uh, well, the transition champion. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, you have a long time champion, and then a buffer, and then a, another long time, another long time champion. Yeah, you know. So, but that also showed, hey, they can lose it. Yeah, either, yep. on any night. Now, you don't want to always have them lose it on any night, <laughs> but uh, but another one of the interesting things about when the Sheik when he lost it to Hogan and I know you've read this and uh, Greg Gagne has disputed this, but according to the Iron Sheik, Vern Gagne contacted him and said he would pay the Sheik a hundred thousand dollars if he would break Hogan's break leg. Hogan's back. Oh, break his leg. Break I his leg. I'd read somewhere that it would break his back, but. Um, and then return to the AWA with the WWF title. Which would be would have been kind of amazing because it had been an early version of like what Medusa did or mm-hmm. Lundra Blaze, what she did, you know, of course, yep. decade and a half later. And you know, because it makes me wonder, I think some other somebody else had to have done that at some point, but um, yeah, like for real, because things like that used to happen. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. But because this is when Vince was slowly killing the territories, he's buying up mm-hmm. all the the good yep. ones, and Vern was trying to fight him on it. And yeah, AWA was dying. And yep, uh, they they they. This is what was getting ready to start their um their slow low slow slow death. And because yep. man, the AWA took a long time to die. It uh, did. <laughs> but, it really did. I mean, they uh, drug on. They drug on a lot longer than I thought they would at the end. Yeah. You know, to the point where, you know, some of the people they had as champion, you're like, mm, really? Kurt yeah. Henning was, okay, Kurt Henning was fine. Larry Zabesco, he was way past his prime at that point. Yeah. You know, and nothing against him because, I mean, he headlined one of the biggest super cards ever mm-hmm. against Bruno. You know, so, I mean, at one point, I mean, he was top dog. I was never, I was never a fan of Larry Zabisco. In the ring, promo work, yeah, great talker. Was never a fan of his in ring work except for when he teamed with Arn Anderson. Of course, it's Arn Anderson who's going to bring the best out of it, he's going to make everybody else look good around him. And him and Arn as the enforcers were a great tag team. And of course, he was part of the, the, the 20 man battle royal. At WrestleMania. By the way, he also won the very first battle royal they had at Madison Square Garden. Iron Sheik was the first winner of that. I oh, guess wow. it was an annual thing for a bit. Yeah. So WrestleMania two, of course, he was in a battle royal there. He was uh his number thirteen that was thrown out. He was thrown out mm-hmm. by Bruno. And then in May of nineteen eighty seven, and I remember when this one had happened, uh, because I was already starting to question some things. And when, you know, he was feuding against Hacksaw Duggan. And of course, mm-hmm. we know Hacksaw Duggan, you know, his gimmick for 
40 years now. Yeah. It's been the same thing. Yeah, but you know what? He's he's still getting paid for it, so oh yeah, <laughs> run with it. Uh, and I'd love to have him on the show. If anybody knows him, send him our way. Yeah. Um, yep. Unless unless he costs too much, then we'll just say hi to him and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, but I've also heard he's actually a super nice guy too. So um, yeah, I've heard that too. But when I heard the news that. Hacksaw Duggan and the Iron Sheik were arrested together. Yeah. You know, because they were riding in a car together. Because Hacksaw Duggan, because first, I mean, Hacksaw Duggan, he's supposed to be, even though he has the beard and he kind of looks like mm. a, you know, a lumberjack in a way. Yeah. A lumberjack without the plaid. And he's driving down the road, drinking a beer. As he's driving by a state trooper. Yeah. Not the smartest thing in the world to do. No, not at all. Yeah. So, trooper pulls him over, and this is on, like, the New Jersey Turnpike, and pulls him over, of course, because he's drinking a a beer. Mm -hmm. He sees roaches in the ashtray, and for those, you know, who are thinking that we're talking about the little brown little scary bug that'll get in your cereal, you know, if you have roach infestation... You know, that may or may not have happened to me when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not the funnest thing in the world, I will tell you that. Nah. But, um, so not those kind of roaches. We're talking like what's left of a marijuana cigarette, just to, mm-hmm. you know, get yep. the nice, you know, it's it's what's left. And I, apparently, you know, if you stick like a wire through it, you can still, you know, salvage what's yeah. left or yeah. whatever. Cop sees that. In the ashtray of their rental cars. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was in a rental car. And so he, you know, and so he does a search. By the way, Hacksaw was also high because he had been smoking. He was the one smoking the joints before that. Yeah. The Sheik was also high, but not on, you yeah. know, he had been. I'm not saying that he liked cocaine, but he liked the way it smelled. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently that, a whole that lot. Day, yeah, he liked it a lot. So he was high and he actually had the cocaine in his possession. You know, so mm-hmm. the cocaine was his. Um, and of course they get arrested. They both get charged with, uh, let's see, hacksaw with the open container, driving while impaired, possession mm-hmm. of, you know, of all the weed. Cheek, the possession of, um, Weed and cocaine, which you know, cocaine is one of the things that they they will slam you hard for that. Yeah. Um. Even now they will. You know, weed they'll just take it if you're in a state that, you know, it's not legal. They'll just take mm-hmm. it from you. Cocaine, no, they will put you in jail. Yeah. You know, so. Um. So hacksaw, he's released a little bit earlier than Sheik was. They, of course, Vince finds out because how Whitney. Hmm. Hacksaw is is released, and he comes back a few months later. But the Sheik, he's released. He doesn't come back until he has changed his name to Colonel Mustafa, and he's part of Sergeant Slaughter's crew when he turned heel. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because of all the drugs. It was because it was a face and a heel traveling together. Yeah. Yeah, it was breaking kayfabe. That's back when kayfabe was in full effect. And 
you know, bad guy fans were not supposed to see heels and faces fraternizing. And they got caught and it was all over the news. And yeah. Vince was not pleased at all. Nope. And you know, so if, I don't know if you've ever watched the documentary about Iron Sheik. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and he talks about it and know how he's left. And by the way, it, it's kind of funny um, how his character, he always portrayed himself as like hating America and Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in reality, <laughs> you know, he he actually was like oh, yeah. the opposite of his character. Yeah. Uh, his, his wife he met in Minnesota. And, you know, of course, they were... Yeah, uh, what the thing say for thirty seven years when he passed? Mm-hmm. Actually, maybe yep. longer than that. You know what? I'll have to I'm trying to think. Let's see. Uh, it's uh, okay. uh, I'm going to look, 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 and forty seven. Forty. Okay, I think yeah, I, I was he right. Was, it, he got married in 1976 and was married to her until he passed, until today. And I had read somewhere a long time ago that he had actually become a Christian, but no, he was a Shia Muslim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whoever wrote that, yeah, they were wrong. But yeah. when he when he got married, his best man was Mean Gene Oakland, who the Sheik actually used to call him Gene Mean. Yeah, um, yeah. And I do remember reading about this, one of the most unfortunate things to ever happen to a parent. Um, when his eldest daughter, Marissa, was she was murdered by her boyfriend. Oh, God. And she was only 26 years old. That's, that's awful. Yeah. And he, by that, that point, he had developed a really bad drug habit. And when that happened, it just pushed him even yeah. further. Um. Because during the documentary, they actually show, I mean, he had smoked some crack and he was on camera and, and, um, and I think she had actually left him for a bit. His wife had, mm-hmm. you know, until he was able to, um, get himself cleaned you know, up. Oh, there it is. Yeah. She walked out and then, uh, she returned two years later on the condition that he severed ties with a friend who helped him acquire all the drugs. And so 2013, he said he'd been off cocaine for four years. Um, oh, okay. That's good. So, yep. So the documentary came out in, two, in 2014, you know, so, uh, but, ah, okay. I had a feeling about this about, now I'm pretty sure he told them what to put on the tweets, but he didn't always write the tweets himself. Oh, so, okay. Because I noticed after he had died, there was a tweet that came out on his account, you know, said mm-hmm. rest in peace. And, yeah. and so I have a feeling they're, they're probably not going to do the, um, the his famous tweets. Yeah, I mean we'll have to see. But yeah. It just I don't think it would be as funny if he's no No, it wouldn't be as funny since he's you know, since he's gone. It wouldn't be nearly as funny as it was. Yeah. So but that was one of the wildest things. Somebody I don't think he was ever voted the most hated wrestler like Mm -hmm. by PWI. But I'm quite sure he was probably like one of the runner-ups. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And it's just amazing to think that somebody who was so hated in the ring Mm -hmm. that before he died, he became one of the most popular 
you know, people oh, yeah. outside the ring. And, you know, because his um his speech when he was elected to the Hall of Fame in was it two thousand five, right? Um, I believe so. Hold on, let me check. I saw it somewhere just a minute ago. Yeah, 2005. Yep, 2005. And but one of the best speeches ever. And you know, that's what kind of kind of kicked off that where all of a sudden he was just in demand. People want him on mm-hmm. the show. He was on the Howard Stern show. He was doing these yeah. other things uh, because he was just so entertaining with that. Yeah. He was just being himself. Yeah. That's the be- and yeah. that's you know that's the great thing. It's like he didn't have to play a character anymore. He could just be himself, and people yeah. loved it. Yeah, kind of. I mean, because he was kind of a fun guy. Mm-hmm. You know, now I mean, he did have you know his um his drug issues because of mm-hmm. you know things that had happened. You know, um, everybody deals with stuff their own way. You yeah. know, unfortunately, I mean, I would never recommend anybody uh turn to drugs to kind of hide the pain, mask the pain, and you, you no. Know, yeah, and that includes alcohol as well. You know, mm-hmm. um, you and I both know about that. We've been very open yeah. about that. And because, you know, and I'll say it just with alcohol, you know, okay, yeah, you're escaping for a short while. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, guess what? The problem's still going to be there. And now you're hungover exactly. on top of it. Yep. And now you've created another problem to go along with the problem you were trying to escape in the first place. Exactly. So, um, but and I'm I imagine not just that losing his daughter, but the manner in which he lost his daughter. Yeah, you know that had to have been, um, you know I, I don't think horrible begins to scratch the surface of it. Mm-mm. No, you know, um, but he has you know two surviving daughters and mm-hmm. five grandchildren. You know, awesome. so um, man, his tweets, especially especially the ones about Hulk Hogan, which we can't do all <laughs> on the air. Uh, because just because it, we've decided a long time ago to be family friendly with the language and some mm-hmm. of his tweets, some of his tweets, I think the, the cleanest word we could say is probably Hulk Hogan. You probably. Know? <laughs> probably. Or jabroni. He was a big or fan jabroni. of using the word jabroni. And where do you think Iron Sheik's legacy is, is going to lie? You think it'll be the one of the greatest heel wrestlers of all time, one of the most hated, which meant he was doing his job really well. Um, that's what Tully Blanchard told me when I told him I hated him as a kid. And mm-hmm. I actually said this. Like, that I was said, doing my job. Yeah. yeah. And I said, and I actually told him, I said, I mean this as a compliment. I absolutely hated you as a kid. And he's like, and he was smiling. He said, I, that means I was doing my job really well. And I was like, yes, you mm-hmm. were. So the Iron Sheik was hated. And he was one of the most hated, which meant he was doing his job really well. Mm-hmm. And because he would, you know, you would say, and he would do yeah. a Tui. You know, just like yeah. you would read, like in a comic book, mm-hmm. they would always say "Hakui." Yep. Yeah. You know, but well, his legacy be known as that former WWF champion, former WWF tag team champion, along with Nikolai Volkov. Um, I try to forget the whole thing about him, Colonel Mustafa, but you know what? He was getting paid. Can't hate yeah. man for that. No. Nah. You know, um, his version of the Camel Clutch, which, like you said, I mean, he pulled people way. way I mean back. the. The only person I've seen do it nearly as good as him was Rusev. Yeah, 
yeah, Rusev did the same way. He would pull him up yeah. and just, just yank yeah. him back. Just almost bend him in half. And it's like, that's impressive. Yeah. You know, or will it become his legacy? What he, the way he was the past decade, you know, decade and a half, where he became this personality outside the ring that was one of the funniest, most popular you know, people out there because of his, his social media, because of his radio show appearance. I think for older fans like us, his legacy is still going to lie in being a former world champion, former world tag team champion, you know, one of the best heels ever. I think for younger fans, the social, you know, the, of the social media age, I think his legacy will be his Twitter account and just his Twitter account, his appearances on different, you know, radio shows and things, just his popularity and personality coming through. I think for the younger crowd, I think that's going to be his legacy. And, you know, we didn't even really touch on the stuff he did uh, before his run in the WWF when he was actually in Georgia. That's that, you know, uh, that's where he um, had retired to. I mean, he loved Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, um, he was in Florida for a little bit. He was in Mid-South for a little bit. And we're talking like a cup of coffee. We're talking like the Freebird type of tenure where they would show up <laughs> for a little bit. And, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, because, I mean, he was he won titles, you know, here and there, but nothing like mm-hmm. his run in the WWF, which made him just this megastar, um, world champion, Hall of Famer. And, you know, then he, he won the WrestleMania X- Seven, I believe. Yeah, yeah. X Seven Battle, the gimmick, the gimmick battle. battle. Yeah. Now, granted, the reason why he won it <laughs> was because his knees were shot. Oh yeah, and, and yeah, he couldn't get thrown out of the ring. Yeah, and so, so the that was the battle royal where the entrances took longer than the battle royal itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he threw out. I don't remember who he threw at the very end. I can't remember. But Sergeant Slaughter came in and put him in the Cobra Clutch. Mm-hmm. And for the old school fans, we're like, yep. Yep. Uh, but, you know, Kajra Vaziri, rest in peace, the Iron Sheik. Absolutely. You know, thank you, Bubba, for all the good memories we had, even if we were booing you. Well, I was booing you. Yeah. Yeah. Dwayne probably wasn't because Dwayne was kind of like Ted the Hillbilly Hill. He, Loved himself in heels. I did. I always liked the heels. Uh, you can call me a bad guy, but I always liked him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's why he likes Batman. Yeah, so, there you go. Because Batman, you know, he's, he's yeah. kind of like that. <laughs> um, and not Superman, because Superman was yeah, you know, just, too, squeaky, uh, too, too white meat baby face. Yeah, you know, that's so it. Yeah, Bat Batman. You know, he's just waiting to turn heel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's just Batman, he's just hanging on. Yeah, yeah. Bake robbery's happening. You think Batman's there to save you? No, he's getting his share. You know, <laughs> he's he's going to show up one day and just. No, I'm taking the rest of this. You know, yeah. so like you know how expensive uh, all this equipment is. It's like yeah, I better have more money. Yeah, there's this guy Bruce Wayne. He's wanting all this money. Y'all don't get it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, but like I said, rest in peace to the Iron Sheik. Um, 
yeah, not the best news to to hear. No, but at the same time, I mean, he he led a very interesting life. He had good times. He had bad times. You know, peaks and valleys, just like all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, except for he did his, you know, the public eye, and yeah. you know, and I enjoyed it. You know, him yeah. in the ring and out of the ring. You know, yep. so same here. Uh but um. We may or may not record tomorrow. We haven't even decided on that. You know, it is yeah, kind of not sure on, yet. Not sure. Like on life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I have, like I said, I have an exam I'll be taking uh, tomorrow afternoon, and the exam place is a good hour away from my house. And mm -hmm. um, afterwards, as long as I pass, which hopefully I will, mm -hmm. um, if the office that I'm going to be working with, if they're still open. I will go over there and get my fingerprints made because that's actually something else. Uh, this is an official okay. thing. I'll be I'll be licensed, you know, in the state of Ohio to do this, which means I have to have my fingerprints on file. Oh yeah, yep, yep, and it has to be them doing the fingerprints. It's it's mm -hmm. like you know I've had other investigations done. Why can't you? Nobody talks yeah. to each other. You know, no, nope, they don't. No, you know. So, um, you know, so it kind of depends on you know how all that goes. Um, and we might be recording this weekend. Yeah, I sent you yep. that message across basic messages. Mm -hmm. so. I saw that, yeah. So, you know, we're working this out. We may have, I don't want, um, we'll just call it a bonus episode. It will vary, you know, for us, it's going to be a treat if we can have, yeah, uh, you guys from Finisher Wrestling on. So, by the way, they just had a very interesting episode. I meant to tell you this earlier, where they they posed the question, and I'm very surprised that we've never posed this question. Mm -hmm. What if WCW had won the war? Mm, I've seen that on Twitter before. Yeah. People asking that question. That is very, yeah. They actually discussed it, mm -hmm. you know, because it makes you wonder. It's like, well, somebody had to, nah, I don't think anybody really has actually discussed it. It's always been no, a Twitter yeah. thread, but not an actual yeah. podcast thing. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, go, go check those guys out. And hopefully, you know, we will, you can check them out on our show and then we can get on their shows. So, mm -hmm. uh, but until we can talk again, my friend, I just have to say good night and God bless. God bless. <laughs>